in the name of God, Creator and Redeemer and Giver of Life. Amen. Please be seated. It's Lent 3, the third Sunday in Lent. Almost halfway in or halfway up, which depends on how you like to see Lent. My observation is being a priest of now, I think about 25 years now, um, is that Lent is not um, an easy season um, for Anglicans. It's not a season we do well. Um, we don't pause well, we don't self-reflect well, often we're too busy. Might just be, I'm not saying it's an Anglican, within Anglicanism is my experience of it, I'm not saying we're in the worst of the but we struggle with the self-reflective task that Lent is supposed to focus us on. And so here we are halfway into this Lent and it, for me, I've been that busy, it's sort of kind of passing by a little bit, and so that is sort of some of the context of this sermon and preaching to myself as well. And so today's Gospel begins sort of right in the middle of a story we don't know anything about. It says there was some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Now this seems to refer to some sort of massacre, and if you um, quickly jump back into chapter 12, it's not in there. You just literally, there's nothing, don't, don't look back. It's, it's there. It just starts. There was some present who told him about this. Referring to this massacre or some uprising that seems to have occurred adjacent to the temple or in conjunction with the, a religious festival at which some Galileans had been killed. Now, scholars are unable to find a specific incident affecting worshippers in Jerusalem during the time of Jesus' ministry that seems to match with what he's talking about here. Or is being told to him here. But remember that Jerusalem is a city that is under military occupation. And there were frequent civil disturbances that required the Roman um, military authorities to respond with force. So as I was chilling on this gospel today, I was, um, for, the, for today, over the last week or so, I was doing that in a week where on Tuesday we remembered the Christchurch massacre. On Wednesday, the memory of the riot at Parliament on Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, was refreshed for me with the opening and the reopening of Parliament's grounds. And then, of course, throughout this week, daily, we have been confronted with the horror and the suffering of being inflicted upon the people of Ukraine. So I was preparing for myself. As I was rummaging through um, the various places I rummaged through when you're preparing for a sermon, I came across this um, account by a historian Josephus, in which he records, and some scholars think that maybe this is what Luke's writing about, um, or Luke is inferring in his, this gospel reading. It's um, Josephus' account of an, an event that happened under Achilles, who is Herod's half-brother in King. So Herod of the New Testament, if you really are interested, you need to look up 
here because he's a tetrarch, he's not a king. And his half-brother, uh, Achilles, was the king and appointed his half-brothers to be like governors. So anyway, around 2 BC, BCE, right, around the time of Jesus' birth, Josephus records this about an event that happens in Jerusalem. There was a protest outside the temple and an officer was sent to quiet it and stones the hurt of him. The following Passover, the same group gathered again. Achilles now sent a cohort of troops with orders to arrest the ringleaders. The mob attacked the troops and most of the cohort was killed. Achilles set loose his whole army upon them. And the account goes on to say this. The horsemen slew about 3,000. The multitude of Jews who had been massacred around the sanctuary were poor people who had come for a festival. They were slain not sacrifices themselves, some of whom were foreigners and others of their own country till the temple was full of dead bodies. I think I read that on Tuesday as we were thinking again about Christchurch massacre. You see, if you put it into the context of last week, Jesus is asked at the beginning of this chapter, hey, what about the protesters? What about the terrorists? What about the Russians? How bad are they? And it's a rhetorical question, right? Because we know the answer. Certainly they must be worse than us. You know, whether it is those who, whether it is of those we think should know better or whether it is of those uh, um, whose actions are perpetuating an unimaginable horror and cruelty on others, this Lent we are surrounded by so many circumstances where it is all too easy for us to focus beyond ourselves at what seems to be the obvious areas requiring redemption and restoration in others. See, the challenge that Jesus offers back to the questioners and to the readers of this text is very limited. It is the challenge for us to personally respond to the call to repent, to change, and to do so in a way that does not minimise our personal responsibility and our complicity with the evil that we see around us. Earlier in Luke's Gospel, in Luke, in Luke chapter 11, Jesus has condemned piety that does not reflect the reality of our hearts. He says to the Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. Woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint, rue, and herbs of all kinds, and neglect justice and the love of God. It is these you ought to have practiced without neglecting others. And remember again the words that we heard from Luke 6 on the Sunday before Ash Wednesday, before Lent began, 
where Jesus said that a good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good, and that the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil, for it is out of the abundance of the heart that our mouth speaks. And we began Lent with the challenge of what do our words and our prayers reveal of the abundance of our heart? How do we characterise those who disagree with us, those whose actions we find morally reprehensible? There seems to be so many others around us who make the wrong choices or who believe the wrong things. There are so many wrong, broken, inexcusable things at large in our world at this time of such vast magnitude that our own shortcomings can seem insignificant and it can feel like Lent's focus on self-examination is pointless. But that is exactly what Jesus is pushing back against in his reply when he pulls up the questioners in today's Gospel saying, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. On that Sunday before Lent began, before Ash Wednesday and all its tumult and turmoil in the city, in our Gospel reading out of Luke 6, Jesus had this to say, How can you say to your neighbour, friend, let me take the speck out of your eye when you yourself do not see the log in your own? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbours. Lent's purpose is to remind us that we have a responsibility to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. Lent's purpose is to remind us that God has called each one of us to work with the Holy Spirit to be transformed. And that call on each of our lives supersedes whatever others are doing or not doing. That call in our lives supersedes whatever else is happening around us. Paul wrote these words to the church in Corinth. All of us, all of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, all of us are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord and from the Spirit. I don't know how many of you are getting genes um, Lenten Reflections. But in uh, her reflection for the 12th of March, Jean wrote this, Today we are reminded that God's love calls us to do more than care for our families and our loved ones. We are called to model our living on God's nature, providing what is needed for those who ignore us and our needs or even oppose us. As the world seems to be spiralling into war mode and people are choosing sides, God calls out from within us as individuals and as communities that compassionate nature which was planted in us at our making. 
a capacity to love without choosing sides. It is hard work because we have to continue processing all the information that comes at us from every side. We have to be honest about what about how that information is affecting us and why is about how we respond to all that information. However, we must also refuse to process that information through any other filter except that of compassion. It's Lent. There's a season of self-reflection whereby the rhythms of life of the church and of our prayers focus us again on the work that we have to do within ourselves. A work that we do in conjunction with the power of the Spirit. All of us, with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord.